show, Philadelphia Sports Show here. I'm Christy Francesco, joined by the man who finally, after many, many months of extensive and brutal contract negotiations, uh, Jason Miller is now exclusive to the Ring the Bell Network. Uh, Jay, what's going on, man? This is your first time on the show. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I, I, the intro really caught me off guard. I'm so used to just sitting in your in, in a bedroom and literally talking. To <laughs> yeah, the like technology's, uh, you know, from our side has gotten significantly better. You know, our, Apparently. you know, you're somewhere. Yeah, you don't have to sit right across from me to do this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, let me kind of explain a little bit before we talk about an incredible 76ers victory just now that just ended moments ago against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, We're going to talk about that in a moment, but I kind of just want to give everybody an update of one, why we're here. You don't see the ring, the ring, the bell banner. I mean, I'll put it up there, but because this is not a Philly show, but I'll, I'll put the overlay up there. Nonetheless, Um, you'll have new ones coming very, very soon. So when I first started the ring, the bell show, it was meant to be Philly's podcast, which is what it is. This is what we've grown to. Uh, we're at this point now where we've um, we've had we have a really good audience. I'm I'm stunned at the downloads that we've gotten with baseball, especially in Philadelphia. Nothing is happening right now. Uh, so, with that being said, the goal for me since we started this um, was to eventually branch out and to do other shows. Uh, whether it's somebody that wants to do an Eagles exclusive. Sixers exclusive, Flyers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, However, at some point, I wanted to make this an all-encompassing Philadelphia sports show. And since it's the end of December, I wanted to let everybody know that beginning the very first week of January, uh, the new flagship of this whole gamut that that we've built here, uh, it's going to be the Ring the Bell uh, network the ring the bell Philly show um just to be very very clear ring the bell Phillies isn't going anywhere that is always going to be around once baseball season starts uh the Philly show will be once a week which will go back to its normal regularly scheduled program of Sunday nights uh where we will recap the entire week that was and the week coming up for the Phillies um, in terms of a solo Eagle show, that's something that we're we're going to be working on. That might be something we don't introduce um, probably until maybe closer to the draft. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Flyers, maybe not so much. Sixers, maybe we'll see. Um, the reason why Jay's here, um, to give a quick update, I've known Jay for close to 15 years now. Uh, he's one of my best friends. Uh, he's doesn't live in New Jersey or Philly at the moment. I'm trying to work on this, everybody. Trust me. It's a it's been a daily grind for like three or four years now. But uh Jay lives down in Florida, which is basically uh Philadelphia South. Um so uh but Jay is going to be a permanent piece of this flagship moving forward. Uh he's gonna be probably along with Jason Kent that the number two and number three cogs in this wheel. Uh, for the main flagship here. Um, we're going to be talking Phillies, Flyers, Sixers, and Eagles. It's going to be uh, probably t- uh, either once or twice a week once we get started because with um, the Eagles now almost in the playoffs, uh, Phillies in the offseason, but then you have the winter sports where, you know, every day it's the Flyers or the, or the 76ers. So there's always something to talk about. 
And that's why we're here. So beginning in January 2024, you will see uh, the Ring the Bell flagship will become the Ring the Bell show, Ring the Bell Philadelphia Sports. Um, so, yeah, we're expanding things here, which is awesome. More content, but more, most importantly for me, it's the quality of the content. And I think adding Jay is a mega, mega piece to that. Jay is brilliant. He's um, unfortunately another person I've now brought into the mix that will, <laughs> you know, disagree with almost anything I say. Uh, so, but that's good. But Jay's incredible with basketball. He's tremendous with hockey and obviously the other two as well. He's a four for four guy. And with that being said, there'll be more information coming down the line about, uh, what's going to be happening in January. Uh, but before we get to that, you know, ring the bell is brought to you by SeatGeek. Head over to SeatGeek.com right now. Use our code on the bump for $20 off your very first ticket purchase. Big game on Friday night, Sixers Raptors. Um, if you're looking to go to the game, SeatGeek.com, I'll help you get $20 off that purchase. So, again, use our code on the bump uh, and get $20 off your very first ticket purchase over at SeatGeek.com. Uh, Manscaped.com, Baseball 20 gets you 20% off and free shipping on your order. Uh, again, Manscaped.com, use our code Baseball20 for 20% off and free shipping off your order. Um, all right, so let's cut to the chase here. Dude, the Philadelphia 76ers, like, it was close. When the third quarter, the Sixers go into the first half with the lead. They come out of the half kind of sluggish. You see that the Timberwolves fight their way back, take the lead a little bit there. But in the end, um, Joel Embiid puts up a 50-burger for the second time this season, 51-13 and 13, um, in 36 minutes to help the Sixers win 127-113. to 113. The Sixers are now uh, 19 and eight up against the 20, uh, being the now 20 and six Minnesota Timberwolves. Let's just not forget Tyrese Maxey threw in 35 in 37 minutes uh, also tonight. So uh, that's 86 points with two players, uh, Jay. Now I'm going to go to you, man. This kind of defeats and blows up the narrative of the last 24 hours that, you know, the Sixers can whoop on the Pistons. They can whoop on the Hornets. But the second they went up against a team like the Bulls, who has a semi-decent roster, they couldn't beat them. Well, now they come into the team that, as of tonight, had technically the best record in the league and beats them by 14. Uh, what was your what, what was your outlook on this one? I mean, the way that the Timberwolves are playing this year, it's definitely been eye-opening, I think. You're looking at... The, I mean, if you going into this season, people would say like, this is going to be the next superstar. Anthony Edwards is by far a superstar in this league. And if they don't yeah. know by then, they'll see it by the end of this year that, I mean, he's going to be the MVP race many years up and coming. Mm -hmm. um, but the Timberwolves are also built a little bit differently because they have two big men, which the NBA, you don't really even play big men. You play a lot of small mm -hmm. ball. And for them to have Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, um, that's definitely an interesting tandem together, especially when you have a guy like Joel Embiid, because Rudy Gobert is Defensive Player of the Year, but he can't really guard on the perimeter. But you also have an athletic Carl Anthony Towns that could go out there. So it's definitely one of those things where, I mean, I wouldn't expect him to put up 51. I know that the <laughs> stats for Minnesota saying that, you know, they're able to defend the center position very well. Obviously, mm -hmm. Joel Embiid is not your normal center. I mean, you can have the argument him or Nikolai Jokic, one and two, however you want to discuss that. Um, honestly, though, this, this, is a, this is a 
deep team. And I just think mm-hmm. that this was a team effort. I mean, I know that you're getting the 80 points between them, but I mean, Kelly Oubre, Tobias, I mean, Tobias looked like he was slashing tonight, which is definitely a needed, yep. you know, which is definitely a needed thing for this team moving forward. But I mean, you got solid minutes from like Pat Bev tonight and Marquise Morris senior. And there's just, it's just a really good team where there was definitely that downfall last year. Mm-hmm. Between Hard and Maxi and and B, there were those limitations defensively, where I think they are a better defensive team, mm-hmm. and I just think that we're seeing Joel and B take the step needed right now, in terms of every other year it was okay, Ben Simmons was the problem, James Harden was the problem, this that whatever, and it's like okay, guess what? I'm no longer the problem. It's, you got to play with me. I'm taking my talent to another mm-hmm. level. I need everybody else to step up too. And I think he's finally showing that type of leadership and accountability that I think many Sixers fans were trying to defend, but also just that, like, I don't know if it's there because it just always seems to get hurt. But right now, I mean, he's playing better than I think that we've ever seen him play, which is scary to think about that. It's scary. And, you know, if you look at for anyone who's stat nerds, um, I'm sure Jay has already looked into this and I have as well. If you look at every metric, offensive metric compared to last year and beats up like he's better, like and he is. I mean, I have, I mean, again, and I admittedly, I'm sure there's going to be people as they start watching this will send comments in here about all the past few years that I've shredded the Sixers. I've hated the organization, (laughs) which guess what? I am always accountable for things that I say, and uh, I'm a human being. Um, Basketball for a long time was probably my second favorite sport um, up until the whole tanking thing happened. And Jay was very much a part of many arguments that him and I would have daily over it um although i still think the process was a complete failure i think it's moved on to this where Embiid has just reinvigor uh, reinvigorated this entire franchise moving forward um and what he's done dude year over year here he's almost gotten to the point jay where he's completely unguardable yeah i agree and i think another thing that you're talking about with all the metrics and everything like that just look at the minutes played. Yeah. Everybody, we're in a now we're in a world now where, you know, with the time um, management, yeah. Time management. management. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people, and I know that the NBA is trying to crack it down. Well, what if you just go up by 30 and yeah, <laughs> you exactly. have to play yeah. and you don't have to play the fourth quarter? It's not, you know, they can't say like, hey, you guys are beating teams by too much. Like you have to play all four yeah. quarters. That's not how that's working, but that also is saving the body a lot. Maybe there might be a game where Joe Embiid might need to sit out because of that mm-hmm. load management. All of a sudden, you're up by 25, middle of the third quarter. And you're like, well, if we pull yeah. him out tonight, maybe it's a game where like they go from New York to Brooklyn or Philly to Brooklyn or something like that. Something not on a plane, like a back-to-back, but like something that they can just get or by a train where all of a sudden you're like, you know what? Maybe he can actually play this game. Maybe not to the 35, 40 minutes, but – I mean, 25, 30 minutes of Joel Embiid is a lot better than zero minutes of Joel Embiid. So that's definitely one of the things that I think him evolu- him taking his game to the next levels definitely helps. But also, this is why, and something that we've talked about for a long time too, is why it's so important to have a legitimate number two, which Tyrese Maxey is. When you took Embiid out of this game for a while, 
Maxi completely took over the game for the Sixers. Like it was, and you even heard that the Sixers announcer say, um, I, why do I for Kate Scott, right? Is that her name? I think I, yep. I think that's her name. Um, she yep. even said, like, this is something the Sixers were looking for, whereas you can it's okay to take and beat out for quite a few minutes when you have a guy like Maxi who can come in and just take over for quite a few. And that's what he did tonight. When Embiid was off that court tonight, that third and a little bit in that fourth, Maxi just single-handedly beat beat the Timberwolves. I think that's the one difference between Tyreek Maxey than, let's say, James Harden. And it's not a knock on James Harden. It's not saying that. It's just saying James Harden has always – I mean, think of his, like, career. He went to – he started in Oklahoma City. He mm-hmm. left. Why? Because he didn't want to play third wheel to Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. And he went to Houston, and that yeah. did not work out. And then he said, okay – I'm going to go to Brooklyn. And then he was willing to be, you know, the third wheel piece to that um, mm-hmm. with uh, the, the big three that they had up there. And then he got sick and tired of it. And then he came to Philly where I think when you're the, when you're the guy and you think you're mm-hmm. the guy one and one a where Maxi knows that this is a Harden team. So when Harden's on the floor, he will defer to Max or he will defer yeah. to Embiid. But when Embiid's off the floor, it's okay. I'm taking this team over right now. Everybody mm-hmm. get on, like get everybody get on my back, play with me like that. And I think that's exactly. one of the bigger differences between the two is there is a clear, it's not a one and one a, it's a clear one and a clear two, which I think definitely helped that team out a lot. Absolutely agree. Um, so now here, you know, you, you have a, a guy like Embiid now who um, 45 games now um, where he's had over 40 points in his career. It, it's insanity what he's been able to do. And then you look at what he's done, you know, when Maxie's also on a roll. 14 times already this season, Maxie and Embiid have each scored over 25 points. Um, so now – Jay, to kind of now more over to what I just said, where the Sixers are right now, are they where you expected them to be? Are they better or are they worse than you expected at this point? Where where are they to you? If you or do you not know yet? Um, I'll answer it twofold. They are mm-hmm. a lot better than I expected because of the James Harden drama. It was a yeah. lot of, well, in the offseason, they're going to have money to spend. This was kind of like like a kind of like a gap year where it's almost like somebody got lost to injury, and it's like, okay, well, we can understand why they weren't competitive this year. The James Harden saga, everything like that. So they are a lot better right now than I anticipated because I didn't expect them. I expected that James Harden drama to linger on, or at least the, the repercussions of it would definitely linger on more than it has. Mm-hmm. But I still don't think that this is the final team yet that's going to be going into the playoffs because okay. of the flexi- because of the flexibility that they've gained from the James Harden trade. So, like, while everybody can go Google the James Harden trade and it's like, hey, the Sixers requ- the Sixers acquired this, the uh, the Clippers acquired this. There's going to be more, I think, to the Sixers side in terms of that because they're going to they have expiring contracts. They have picks that they're able to now move for pieces that I think that mm-hmm. I think that they're going to get. And I think the luxury that the Sixers have right now is there. You don't need to go out and get a superstar. You need to go out and get pieces to the puzzle 
where mm-hmm. I know that the, I know that like everybody's thinking about the Cavs with uh, Donovan Mitchell. I, that wouldn't work. That would stunt, I think, what they have mm. going on right now. Okay. So if you're looking at a, a, the third man, who's going to be the third man for the That's 76ers <laughs> <laughs> come uh, the trade deadline? You know, we're, we're at a point now where, you know, it's probably something that we can at least definitely talk about. Um, cause look, we keep, we've already heard, you've just mentioned the name Donovan Mitchell. We, we continuously hear the name of Zach, uh, Levine, uh, Levin, right. I don't know why Levine. I always get that wrong. Yeah. Levine. Very good. See one day I'll say Levine, the next day I'll say Levin. So I'm sorry. Um, so you got Zach Levine we, who keeps getting brought up. Um, who are you expecting them to make a serious run after? Because look, after you get to Embiid and Maxi, it's tough to see, Tobias, nine points in 37 minutes. Um, Kelly Oubre Jr. has seven uh, seven points in 30 minutes. Um, I mean, he's coming back which, from injury. Yeah, which is I, – I'm okay with that. You know, Paul Reed had eight points in 12 minutes. Um, uh, uh, what do you do? Because it's clear the team needs a third guy here, and we know who's the odd man out. And you even said it in our text group that it's got to be Tobias. Who do you bring in here that can gel with this roster going all the way into the playoffs? Um, so if there is a team that I think it'll be a West Coast team. Okay. Um I'm assuming Tobias is gonna be a big chip because of that, yeah. how much money. Um, I think I personally, I am a huge Kelly Oubre fan. I think that he's able to do it. I think a name that I would like would be Laurie Markinen coming out of Utah. Uh, as average yeah. 23, 23-8 with a assist and a half, but just yep. he's on Utah. They're going to be in a rebuilding. I mean, you can mm-hmm. flip a first-round pick. You can flip a first-round pick, try to put Tobias Harris on that too. It's just, I don't know. He just seems like it'd be a perfect fit right now. Mm-hmm. Do you expect Daryl Morey to be highly active? I expect him to be active on phone calls. Um, mm. Does that mean that they're going to pull off? Right. I, I think in terms of like the big tree that like, it'll be the flashing one on ESPN and you know, you're going to bring in everybody to start talking about it. I don't think it's going to be that type of trade. I think it'll okay. be more or less filling out the positions of need mm-hmm. in terms of that. Makes sense. Like, yeah. I think, it, like, um, you know, the Anthony Melton got hurt tonight. Hopefully he's not out for a while. Mm-hmm. But you have, if, you know, if he can roll, you have Maxi with the backup of, um, oh my goodness, why can I not think of his name right now? Oh, my goodness. Pat Bev. Um, yeah, I think that I think that that is a very good second point guard as a backup. Like I yep. enjoy that. Um, just guys that can hit a three. That's really what they need. They need guys that yeah. can hit open shots because playing with Joel Embiid, you're going to mm-hmm. get an open three. And the way that yep. Tyrese Maxey can slash, you're going to get an open three. You just need guys mm-hmm. that can hit the shots. And I just unfortunately don't think that Tobias can hit as many shots as other people out there, but also, (laughs) but also, but also in the defense of Tobias Harris, you're not getting as many opportunities on a Sixers team that you would with a struggling team elsewhere. Mm -hmm. 
So do you see them adding a, a, a solid piece at the deadline and maybe going after bigger fish in the offseason? Um, is that what you think the, the plan is here? I think you're going to get – if I had if I had to make a decision, I think Tobias has gone by the deadline. Okay. I think that there will be – I think that there will be a trade for a new starter um, come the deadline. And I probably – if I mean, obviously, probably a bench piece or two just based on – but, I mean, obviously, obviously it, things can change with injury. But mm-hmm. if we had to do it right now, if the trade deadline was – tomorrow tomorrow night then i would say that tobias probably is going to be on the move and then add a bench piece or two and that's really it all right um and that's wild um all right so we're going to take a pause for the calls here we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the most shocking team in like pro sports right now and that's the philadelphia flyers um but first first I want you to do me do me a, a big solid here. I want you all to step into 2024 with confidence. And you're going to do that thanks to our friends, the leaders of Below the Waist Grooming. Thank you to Manscaped, where resolutions are met and hairs are nearby kept. As the new year approaches, why not make self-improvement a breeze by keeping your body well-groomed? Introducing Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, the ultimate inclusive kit designed to help you feel clean cut uh, and confident as you should. Featuring the powerhouse Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, this next gen uh, trimmer ensures precision and ease when tackling your toughest hairs. So kick off 2024 with a trim above the rest. Use our code BASEBALL20 at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Um, All right. So. Let's talk just for a couple minutes here. The Philadelphia Flyers, Jay. What the hell is is going on? Is is John Tortorella that like that much of an just a a master of sorcery with a young hockey roster? Um, because this is a team that was planning. They were planning on being in the bottom of the conference, the bottom of the league here this year. Apparently, Tortorella and the rest of that roster there got that memo and immediately put it in a shredder somewhere. Because, dude, this team, this hockey team's pretty damn good. Um, what do you make of this? Like, how do you even explain this? I mean, the quote John Tortorella, they got balls. Um, <laughs> it says, I, I just think it's a very sound defensive team. I don't think you're going to – it sounds weird that thinking about that, but I just think that they are just a good defensive team that yeah. can score. Um, I think according to – what is that, Corsi? Is mm-hmm. that what it is where they do like the yep. efficiencies? The yep. The Walker and um, – man, I cannot think of the names tonight. Wow. Uh, Sealer. Walker Steeler. So. I mean, that's mm-hmm. your third. That's your third pair, and they're, according to that, they're the third best pairing in the whole entire league. That definitely yep. says that definitely says something about that. Um, I mean, and you really think about it. Cam York is your number one defenseman, and there are teams that have two better defensemen than Cam York, but somehow it's just 
it's just working. And it maybe really it just is. has to do – it's definitely the goaltending tandem right now with Erickson and Hart. So when no. you have and, – and I was saying this to our, our main man, Zach, the other day who, you know, in his probably 12th phone call to me of the day – was bringing up, he finally agreed with my thought process here where there's really, and I don't mean this in any slight against Carter Hart at all, but he's due for a contract at the end of the year. You're looking at probably between five to $6 million a year, probably around around that five and a half number. When you got Urson, who's making $800,000 a year for the next two or three seasons playing as well as he has, there's really no reason to to keep Carter Hart in Philadelphia. And I don't again, he's playing really good hockey as a goaltender this year. But so is Urson. Um if you're the Flyers, Jay, and you are, you've already told the media, you've told your fan base that you're sticking to this plan of a complete rebuild. Is the way with the way Urson's playing, should Carter Hart be in their future? It's so tough because everybody wants to say yes because I think that you think of all the Flyers teams in the past that have like broken our hearts. It's always been, man, if we had a goaltender and then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. all we heard about was this guy in Carter Hart coming along and how he was this goalie prospect. And then Mm -hmm. we got him, but then the rest of the team sucked. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But now that they are building back and all of a sudden – um, I mean, stay the course, but if you don't think that he's in the long-term plan, then you got to, you know, do what's best for business and you just have to get your, get <laughs> yeah. your assets and just try to build through that. I mean, if you really think about it, I would still say that the two most talented offensive gifted players for the Flyers aren't, well, in the Flyers organizations haven't even touched the Flyers jersey yeah. yet on the ice. I agree. I mean, one's playing, one's playing in college and one's lighting up the KHL in the way that no one's ever seen someone light up the KHL, which is definitely yeah. a telling sign about that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and if you look at, you know, the Flyers right now, they're, you know, they're second in the Metro. Um, they're 18, 10 and three, 39 points or seven, one and two uh, in their, in their last 10 games. Um, you know, they've given up the almost like, they're like top five in the top three in the NHL, top four and you know, goals against. Um, they've also got 93 goals. Um, so they're they're plus they're they're you know, their differentials 12, which is something you just did not see. But the, the, the problem with the Flyers, the only problem that I see with them is is they don't like you just said, they don't have the goal scoring. So the goaltending has been so good. If the Flyers can score three or four goals a night, they're going to win almost every – they're going to win most of the time. Not almost every. It's not logical. But they're going to win more often than not. However, if your goalie – if their goalie gives up more than two or three, you're going to struggle. So on most nights, the Urson or Hart have to play really well to continuously give this team a shot because outside of Travis Konechny – you know, wait, uh, you know, Tippett is up and down, but has that ability to be a 30 goal scorer. Joel Farabee's doing Joel Farabee things. He'll score three goals in a week. You won't hear from him again for a month. Um, Cam Atkinson is as invisible as they come. Um, he scored eight goals in the first week and a half of the season. We ha- he has not scored a goal in over a month and a half. Um, 
But then, you know, Sean Couturier is playing tremendous. Sean Couturier is playing way better than mostly everybody, including myself, expected him coming off the, the back surgeries. Setting this team up for the deadline coming up, Jay, guys like Sean Couturier, Sean, I'm sorry, Sean Walker could net you a pretty good first round draft pick right now. Right. I would, I know Travis Sandheim's playing very well, and he really is. But man, that's a contract that I would still try to unload if someone's willing to take it. Um, with as well as he's playing, you could have a team that could take a lot of that contract, and you might get a second round pick out of him. Um, do you still think that this team should be sellers? They put up a stat um, last night during the game um, that 84% of the teams that are in the playoff spot come December 24th make the playoffs. Oh boy. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how long that stat's been, but, and, um, but that's what I saw. Um, but I think the thing you have to look at is, is it a cup-winning team? Mm. I mean, obviously, no, right? Right. It's exceeding expectations. Can they win a cup? Unfortunately, no. But not with that being said, if all of a sudden, like you say, Sean Walker nets you a first or second round draft pick and you can flip, you know, and I know, uh, but then they have a, a, other other pieces on you know team friendly deals that they can swing mm-hmm. for draft picks. I, you just got to build it through the organization. I mean, it's going to sound weird, but I probably would still sell just because you got to stick to the course. I agree, and that's where I am. And I again, I I'm not trying to say this to I'm not Joe Julio. I'm not idiots like that who are trying to have a hot take just for the sake of creating a debate here. But again, we brought him up earlier, Carter Hart. If Erickson continues to play so well and you get to the trade deadline, injuries always happen in the NHL, especially goaltending. If a team comes calling to you and says, hey, you know, we'll take Carter Hart off your hands for a first and a second, are you hanging up or are you saying go on? I'm saying go on. I think you'd be be stupid to, to say that. I mean, I he's a great he's a great goaltender, but at the mm-hmm. same time, is he going to? You know, you're going to have to. You got like does he this. does he want to be part of this for the next two or three years? Like that's another I feel thing. Like, I feel like if your name gets brought up so much, eventually it gets to you, and it's just like, hey, probably would be better for all parties if we just went yeah. our separate ways. Which I feel yeah. like that's what it's going to come down to because I still feel like everyone's going to still hinder on what they said earlier. And it's, Hey, we're in a rebuilding phase, no matter where we are, we're going to be rebuilding. And I just think that that's the, that's like the number one key piece that everybody's looking at is Carter Hart, Carter Hart. And I mean, they've been mentioning the Edmonton Oilers for what? It seems like almost a year now. Yes. Yep. Yep. Agreed. I mean, look, hey, the Flyers are also, you know, they're not just beating bad teams here. They beat the Avalanche a little bit ago. Um, then they lost uh, in overtime to the Preds. Then they beat the Capitals, uh, shut out the Red Wings, and then they beat the Devils in overtime uh, yesterday. Um, and they got some, you know, they got that, uh, I guess, like a West Coast gig coming up soon. To get, uh, they have the Preds coming up, then the Red Wings again, then the Canucks, Kraken, Flames, and Oilers. And then they come back home. 
in the first week of January. Um, man, it's that, that West Coast trip will be a tough one. But in your opinion, Jay, do you foresee the bottom dropping soon? Do you, do you think this is a team that's going to hang on, like you said, and maybe sneak into the playoffs? Or is this just going to be another one of those, you know, very reminiscent of the, what, the 2019 and 20 New York Islanders who were very steady on defense, didn't have a great offense, had a very good goalie. This is a very almost identical way where I think the Flyers are actually a little better offensively than those Islander teams. So – what what do you expect? Do you do you think the shoe's gonna drop? The other shoe's just gonna drop soon, or this might go on for a little bit? I think the West, I think the West Coast trip is definitely gonna be Yeah. Definitely the eye-opening aspect because mm-hmm. now you're talking going into 2024. Um sometime, I mean, what do you say? If they're five hundred or better, that's a successful trip. Yeah, for sure. Anything above is, you know, playing with house money, anything below it, then all of a sudden. But, I mean, the tough – there's some tough things to make decisions about. I mean, if you really think about it, they're not that – and, you know, everyone's just saying about the standings and everything like that. If you look at the Metro, the Metro is a tough, tough division. Probably it the toughest, is. Probably yeah. the toughest from one to eight. Yep. I don't know how many – teams are in each thing but i mean if you look at it right now the capitals just won in overtime so mm-hmm. they're at 36 points i mean realistically the flyers are only eight points ahead of pittsburgh and pittsburgh second from the bottom of the metro that yep 31 points yeah flyers at 39 right now that's one bad week or a week and a half bad one game. bad week yep where all yep. of a sudden everybody and then you're back then you're back into that you know fourth fifth and then all of a sudden you're kind of going okay do we have a shot at the wild card mm-hmm. and everything like that. even like, the whole east i think the whole east from top to bottom is actually very competitive excluding a few few like maybe two or three i think we can honestly say we can eliminate yeah um last question regarding the flyers and then we'll wrap this up um we'll get into the eagles um the next time around here because we could talk for another 35 minutes about the Eagles. Um, so um, Travis Konechny right now in 31 games has 26 points. 16 of those are goals. He's sitting at a plus 12 right now. And then you could throw in those beautiful 36 penalty minutes for the scrapper. Um, the second on points, this is where the problem is for the Flyers. Second most points on this roster, Travis Sanheim with 22 points. Uh, has got a, a 21 Farabee's got 11, uh, tip. I'm sorry. Farabee has 20 points with 11 goals. Tippett's got 11 goals, 19 points. And Cam Atkinson since October 12th, that only has eight goals. Um, if, if you're the, the flyers, man, and I'm, I've finally come around to this. I, I probably give an extension to Travis Konechny and he's the franchise player for the next five, six years. He's the next franchise player for three years. Three years, okay. And then Why the franchise come, and then the franchise. And then the, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, the last That's a good time point. I mean the last time that I was on one of your podcasts, we were talking about the NHL draft and how they should go. And I was all over the KHL train. Yeah. And I I just think I just think we're seeing the real deal. I think we're seeing a generational talent. I think yep. 
I don't know. I just think him and I think that they've hit home I runs. I think Cutter Gautier is a stud, too. Man. I mean, they've just hit – I mean, I just feel like they've hit two home runs in the last mm-hmm. two first-round draft picks, and we're just two years away, two and a half years away from actually getting to see just what they have in store. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about somebody on a Flyers team that mentality is, I'm going to shoot the puck. <laughs> it's it's fun yeah. to like I think TK is the same way this year. I I mean it's very clear to me that John Tortorella got a hold of Travis Connecting and said, Listen here, USOB, when you get the puck on your stick, just do whatever it takes to shoot it. And yeah. it's it's looking damn good uh for the Flyers and for TK. So you're right. Um, we're two years away, man, from the landscape of the Flyers really changing with Cutter Gautier coming up, and then hopefully maybe even in two years you get um, Matt Vemichkov coming up here. So um, we'll see how how that whole thing shakes out. Um, hoping for the best. So, um, all right, we're going to wrap it up here. If you guys want to follow us anywhere, at Ring the Bell 856 and all the socials, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, hit that like button, subscribe, and ring that bell. Uh, not this show, but ring the bell that pops up there so you can get all the notifications for when we're going to be on here streaming. Um, the flagship, the new flagship of this network launches in, you know, two weeks, week and a half. God, Christmas is already on Monday. So, yeah, about two weeks uh, we'll be launching a new flagship, which is the Ring the Bell Show. We're keeping the name. We're not changing up. We're going to make it easy for everyone. And the fact that I really don't feel like coming up with a new name and doing all this new branding. So we're keeping it the way it is. The Ring the Bell Show. Um, we're going to be talking about all Philadelphia sports, and I'm really looking forward to doing this. Um, it's going to be exciting. We're all going to hate each other probably within the first 10 minutes of every episode, but everything will be fine. It's all an act. It's 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 our gimmick, all right, where everything is all good. We map the whole thing out. Everything about these shows are completely staged. I'm just kidding. They're really not. Um, but, uh, Jay, welcome to the family. Thank you so much for doing this. I've been trying to get you on here for so long but you just keep evading me by working more so uh stop doing all of that so we can do more of these streams um but yeah thank you very much um to everybody listening watching downloading i really appreciate it um this thing continues to grow faster than i can really handle at the moment so this is just super exciting again head over to seek geek head over to manscaped support our sponsors so they can keep supporting us. It's like a it's it's a family thing here. They but still they need the 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 um the ROI. They need that return on investment. Head over SeatGeek on the bump. Twenty dollars off your very first ticket purchase. Over to Manscaped.com right now. Baseball twenty for twenty percent uh, off and free shipping off your order. I won't see you guys again until after Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. I love you guys. Thank you very much for a tremendous year. I do know next week. Uh, we are going to have a year-end show on the Ring the Bell Phillies. We're going to go over our favorite moments of the season, um, and we're just going to just recap what was an incredible, incredible ride. Um, this is technically Ring the Bell episode 90, but um, we're almost at that 100th show. So um, Syndication. <laughs> I think with episode one, we're technically in internet syndication. Um, so yeah, we're reaching syndication. So uh, that's pretty badass. Um, all right, Jay, thank you so much. And uh, I'll talk to you later. Everybody else Absolutely. have a great, great rest of your uh, holiday season. If we don't see you or talk to you, but keep up to date with all of our socials to let, to let you know what we're doing. 
Have a great one, everybody. We'll catch you down the road. Bye-bye.